Are you aware that if you're constantly seeking the approval of man, that you're actually covering up a form of insecurity in your own life? But as Christians, we're not to be pursuing the approval of man, but rather the approval of God. Today, we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 to learn how we could be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So open up your Bibles and let's get into it. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. So blessed to be with you guys as always as we continue studying the Bible in chronological order. So as we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 today, we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 6. And the title here is, Where Does Your Approval Come From? Now, if you've missed any previous podcasts, you can go get them wherever, listen to it, wherever you get your podcast. But you could also go to standstrongministries.org and click on podcast there with my notes. But just to bring you up to speed, last time we were talking about Paul dealing with the Thessalonians and presenting his ministry to them in, in all sincerity. And that's one of the, the, the key things we're going to be talking about, you guys, here in chapter 2 is conduct. And I want you guys to think about the ministry that God has called you to and the kind of conduct that you have in that ministry. Now, we're not just referring to people who are in full-time ministry or people who are evangelists or pastors, you know, in, or missionaries. Yes, even more so, right, because those people are at a stricter judgment. Uh, through the years as a pastor and a Christian writer and speaker, yes, people look to me and and expect, and rightly so, that you're living in accordance to scripture. I mean, I got to be honest with you guys, as I'm coming to you guys and recording this podcast right now, I was just doing research and talking to a dear friend of mine who's a Christian journalist. And another thing came out and I saw it from a friend of mine who has a ministry that exposes, you know, misbehavior, fraudulent behavior, scams in the church world. And it's unfortunate, but it happens. And so once again, another big name, Brian Houston, who is a founder of Hillsong, I'm sure you guys have heard of him, comes out that he was having inappropriate relationships with other women. He was sending texts, he was uh, in, in, in a room, and I'm sure there's going to be more to come with the story. Uh, and when, as I'm telling you this right now, a lot of this stuff has already been vetted, and there's already been confession that's come out. On his behalf, the staff, they, they, and that's why they kind of parted ways and he resigned because of sinful behavior. And you get to a point where you're like, man, what is going on? What's up with this conduct? Do you see how devastating it can be? I mean, I can, I can mention so many people, even in ministry, full-time ministry, and one of their leaders or someone they looked up to right? Someone they were seeking the approval of, of, of falls, messes up big time. And it's, it's like it shattered them so much where they left the faith. They left the ministry. And so today, you guys, I want to talk about that. This isn't something that we do talk about a lot because um, we, we, it, it's embarrassing. It makes us feel uncomfortable. But I've also found in conversation and counseling with a lot of people through the years that when it comes to approval, this isn't something that we actually realize that we do oftentimes. And so as we're going through this passage, maybe something's going to 
you know, perk your ears or recall something in your life or, or help you figure something out that you're struggling with right now. But let me just speak straight and plainly. I want you to think about the people in your life right now that you need or crave their attention or their approval. And I want to ask you, why is that? Because I'm telling you guys, a lot of us make decisions or become a certain person for recognition so that that person that we idolize, we look up to, either recognizes you or approves of you because you're acting a certain way. So a lot of us actually become someone else. We become someone that God never intended us to be because we're at, we're at rather than pursuing the approval of God, we pursue the approval of man. So when Paul was talking about suffering, he said that he didn't come to them to take advantage of them. He came boldly in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was a model of someone who actually faced suffrage and conflict. Remember that word conflict that we learned in verse 2 was the Greek word agonai, which we get the word agony. It was a term that described a very strenuous contest or activity of an athlete. And so despite the, the severity of the, of the situations that Paul faced, he maintained order. He pursued, catch this, my friends, he pursued a right relationship with God and he faithfully executed his calling because he ultimately was not seeking the approval of man. He was seeking the approval of God. And you know what, you guys, that is going to be, and I will tell you, honestly, I would not be doing ministry this long if I got sucked into seeking the approval of man in the end. I'd be done. And it would be for multiple reasons. And one in particular would be because through the years, if you're so fixated on what other people think about you, Rather than God, God wouldn't bless it. So in that sense, I'd been probably gone a long time ago. Or the people that I looked up to and then were found out to be in sin and were living hypocritical lives. I mean, if I if all my eggs were in that basket, I'd be done as a result of that. Or you pursue the approval of someone in your life and they tell you to go down this path when you know in your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit with great conviction, you shouldn't. But you idolize this person. And so you go down the road that they tell you to. Or you start compromising. You start doing things you know you shouldn't be doing. You start making the wrong decisions. But you're doing it because you want that person's approval. You'll do anything for that person's approval. And so I got to say that so many of us let's be honest, are not seeking God's approval. We're seeking the approval of man. And it's devastating the church. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying parenting. It's destroying our witness in the marketplace. So I hope and pray as we look at verses three through six, that this will really speak to your heart, my friends. So the question before us today is, where does your approval come from? Does it come from God? Or does it come from man? Notice here that Paul says, for our pill does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, 
but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor the pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. Before we dive in and give some commentary to this passage, let me say this is one of the most important passages for ministers that I know of. I cannot tell you how many times I have looked to this passage of Scripture to fill my own heart, to guide my own ministry, to look at this passage and be directed in how I go about teaching God's Word, running the ministry that God has called me to do, um, how I interact with colleague friends and with congregants and with the flock, if you will, people that God has called me to shepherd. This is a very significant passage where Paul not only lays out, you guys, a model for appropriate conduct in ministry, but there's vulnerability. And this is what's important too, is that Paul's defending his manner of doing ministry. And so if you are in ministry and you, you have experienced a time or two where you had to defend what you believe, you had to defend the way that you spoke, the way that you address something, the way that you handled something, then you can relate to Paul. Okay? You can relate to him because this man was being accused of everything under the sun. And he didn't do any of this. Recently, I was in a conversation with one of my children and someone had said that one of my kids had said something that they didn't say. And that child of mine felt guilty about it. And I was telling my child that feeling guilty is natural in the flesh to feel that way because you care. But it's actually the wrong emotion because you did nothing wrong. And so learning to be confident and defend yourself knowing that you actually were living and speaking the truth and not a lie. So just because people may believe that you said something or you did something, or they misinterpret it, that doesn't mean you cave and give in to them. See, that's just seeking their approval. I just recently was with somebody who was faulting me for not being there and saying that, well, you, we don't remember you ever saying what, you know, whatever that I said that I had said. And I looked at that person and said, I don't care what you believe I did or didn't say. I know what I said to you. And that, that's what matters. Take it or leave it. Okay? So you guys, there's this thing is because again, if, if we get so sucked into the approval of man, then we will. We'll compromise. We'll give in. We'll, we'll admit to things that we have no right admitting to because you didn't do them. I didn't do them. So when we look at this uh, heart, when we look at the heart of Paul, we see this man who's refuting his critics because they're spreading lies and he did something about it. And a lot of times we as Christians, we don't do anything about it. Or 
you hear people are spreading lies about you and then you go out and you trash them. That's not what we're supposed to do. Okay. He's refuting his critics who are spreading lies about Paul. And, and, and there's, it's, there's no difference you guys than when cult leaders who go out there and they're telling lies to people about Jesus. Oh, you need to do this to be saved. So in one, so again, these bondage leaders that we learned about in Galatians, same thing applies here in First Thessalonians. They're not only teaching lies about Jesus, about Christianity, but they're also telling lies about Christ's followers. Okay, and so there's a, there there's a there's a level here in your ministry as well as in mine, and it, and it varies person to person where you have to be addressing false doctrine as well as false behavior as well as false accusations. Now, where you stand between where, what the comfort level you have and God's approval for you and the security that comes as a result of it and the assurance to how much time you devote to seeking the approval of others will determine how you respond to those falsities that I mentioned. And so here with Paul, hey, he knows it was common practice in Eastern cults in the Roman Empire for people to be committing immoral acts, to rob people of money. He knows that people are accusing him of things, but he had to have faith in knowing that how he conducted himself mattered and it was something he could defend. You see, I deal with a lot with people in ministry. And I love it. I love it. I love spending time with pastors particularly. It is a profession that I admire more than anything, than any other occupation. Of course, I honor and respect what everybody does. Don't get me wrong, but it's a special calling. And unfortunately, we're living in a time where about 40% of people who are currently in full-time ministry or even part-time ministry, like in a staff environment, are looking to get out. And even as I started in the, in the late 90s it, to, to today, I see a lot of turnover. And we know the average person lasts less than two years now. It used to be about three years. Now it's less than two. And it's going to continue to get worse if we don't address these things. And one of the things I found is that a lot of people in ministry got into, the, got into it for the wrong reasons. And one of those reasons was because they felt like if I do this job, then the person who's either asking me to do it or the person that I idolize, maybe the, I'll finally get their approval. Guys, that's the wrong reasons to do ministry. I mean, we know this. But let's have an honest conversation as to why we continue to do it then. So when Paul talks about here, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity, that word impurity obviously is implying impure motives. It's actually a term that was used for bait catching. So see, Paul was not luring people in. Right now, they're on so many streaming devices, or I should say streaming services, you have these documentaries about uh, these swindlers, these people who take advantage of people. And there's a lot of things about cults. And I was talking to somebody recently about Scientology and they're watching some of those documentaries and they'd never heard of it until they watched those documentaries. 
And we're thinking, man, I cannot believe people actually believe this kind of stuff. Well, again, if you're seeking the approval of man for whatever reason, over time, it actually makes sense. So Paul, when he's using this word error and impurity, he's saying, I'm not luring you guys in to take advantage of you. The word error here is the term that denotes false teaching. Remember, you go back to 1 John 4, 6, John the Apostle says, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So Paul was not teaching them false doctrine. Paul didn't use his notoriety to take advantage of the people. I mean, just think about that alone, you guys, of how we get sucked in to notoriety, to fame. Man, if I know this person, I can have access to such and such. If I just get this person's endorsement, or if, I, if this person's my friend, then life is going to be great for me. No. And you think about the people that, that, that have fame, that have power, how they use that to get what they want. Paul, who was the most recognized, the face, if you will, of Christianity, didn't use his platform to take advantage of people. His motives were genuine. His objectives were to give back, to care for people, not to fool them into believing a lie. And you know, it's so sad. Again, you hear story after story of people who use their notoriety or we get sucked in because of their notoriety. And once we get sucked in and we're blinded to it and we want that person's approval because of who they are, because of the title that they have or the, the organization they represent, we can fall for pretty much anything. And so Paul was saying, I, you guys know that I didn't come with you, to you to take advantage of you. He says in verse four, but just as we have been approved by God and been entrusted. So here what he's saying is, you guys, you can test the genuineness of, of, of this approval that I have. It's a judge that is, is, is a ruling in, in a form of goodness. So when he says that we have, just as we have been approved by God, he says, without a shadow of a doubt, our approval comes from the Lord and we've been entrusted. We have been, we have been given something to care for. And if you have noticed, if you look back, the way that I cared for you was appropriate. You know, nowadays you hear about so many, um, a lot of sexual misconduct in the workplace from bosses, particularly because they're using their, their position of power to take advantage of people and they threaten them. If you tell someone you'll lose your job or if you do this, I'll give you that. And Paul here, again, not you know, necessarily sexual advances, but any form of impropriety you don't see from him. He was entrusted by God to care for these people and that's what he did. He says, we didn't please man, but we please God who tests our hearts. So Paul was no novice. He wasn't motivated by greed. He wasn't motivated by pride or lust. He devoted his entire life to serving God and accomplishing what he was set out to do. How many Christians can actually say that? How many Christians can actually say that they have been living their lives 
in a way that is honorable and pleasing to the Lord. Paul could because he was not pursuing the approval of man, but the approval of God. Remember, if you go back to Galatians 1, 1 and 2, he says, I'm, I'm an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. He knew what his calling was. What about you, my friends? Do you know your calling in life? Do you know it so much? And, and, and are you, are you secure, in it, and secure in, it, in it enough that people can try to pry it out of your hands or convince you or try to persuade you to abandon it and you won't? You see, a lot of people made it difficult on Paul. But the more difficulty, the more conflict and persecution he faced, the, it wasn't just the greater the challenge, but the more confident he became in what God had called him to do. So this term, please God, the Greek word is, is aresko, aresko. It's the desire to please, to accommodate. It's used by Paul 17 times. That is significant. Paul stayed the course because he was so confident of his life pleasing the Lord. His desire was to please the Lord. That's where his confidence came from, you guys. So if you have confidence in your walk with God, it's because you are pleased to know that he is pleasing, that he's pleased of your life. That, that gives us pleasure. Just like Paul, his ministry pleased the Lord. And so through that, he, he even says, and this is what is so significant, this phrase in Greek when he says, but to please God who tests our hearts. What Paul does here, after using, remember, this, this word please God 17 times, he actually enlists God's approval to vindicate his life. So what, what, and this is what this means. So he could give examples of like, you don't see error in my life. I didn't take advantage of you. There was no impropriety. There was no impurities. There was no false doctrine. But at the end of the day, I know that God approves of what I've done. And you guys, ultimately, that's what matters. Because let me tell you, you can be in a situation with someone who will still believe that you're guilty, even though you did nothing wrong. And you've laid out the case. You've vindicated your, your life before them. You've refuted all of their claims. And yet, they will still not believe that you are innocent. And so in those moments, this is exactly what Paul's doing here. In those moments, he's like, hey, even if, you got, even if these Judaizers continue to attack me and say things that are wrong, and you guys don't even back me, and you guys are persuaded by them, and you start believing these lies and think that I did take advantage of you. That's, I mean, that's horrible. But at the end of the day, I know that God approves of my life. And so he says here that he didn't come with words of flattery. And he says, notice he keeps saying this, as you know. So there's, there's evidence that points to what he's saying. There was no pretext of greed. And notice again, he says, he enlists God's approval. God is witness. So you guys know the truth, but at the end of the day, I know that God has witnessed this. And I know that God has approved of my life. So this is Paul's first mentioning 
of money. Now, personal profit was a huge thing as it is still today with prosperity gospel and a lot of people take advantage of others. But Paul's ambition was very clear in this passage as well as in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 17. He says, for we are not like so many, notice, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So Paul didn't use flattery, right, to gain approval for man or get people to buy into his belief system. He didn't do that. The man worked for a living. The man sacrificed a lot. He laid down his life, you guys, ultimately for the church. And a lot of times when people are that devoted to the Lord, the vast majority of the people that they minister to couldn't care less. They would not give him the amount of attention as he gave them. They would not be, uh, they would not give of their lives as much as he gave of his. And that's so true. That is so true, which is another reason why in ministry, a lot of times people get burned out because they give of themselves a lot to people who do not give in return. And that is unfortunate. It is sad. And that is not the kind of conduct that we are to have as Christians. So ultimately here, as Paul enlists God and says, look, even if you guys were to back out on me, even if you guys were persuaded to think that I took advantage of you, I know that God sees me as innocent, that God approves of my life. He has called me to do what I'm doing and I'm living it. I'm fulfilling it. So I'm not seeking your approval. I'm not telling you what you want to hear. I'm telling you the truth. And so here he says in verse six, nor do we seek glory from people, whether from you or from anyone else. And then that's when he says, he enlists one last thing. He says, we made demands as apostles of Christ, not in the negative sense, not again in notoriety, taking advantage of them. So so in ancient Mediterranean world, remember, they had so many imposters, just like we have today, you guys. I mean, nothing's new under the sun. There were sages. Uh, there were people who would um, go out there and speak in these public spectacle environments, and they would gain a crowd, and they would gain a following. Paul didn't do that. There was not gimmickry to what he was. He wasn't selling a product. It wasn't like he made it in his, in his shed in the back of his house. And, and bottled it and went out there and says this this will cure all of your all of your illnesses he wasn't doing that he was not selling them a false product and these demands here he's talking about now there were times where you know Paul did encourage churches to give to support the ministry and he had every right to do that first Corinthians 9 2 Corinthians 11 second Thessalonians chapter 3 Jesus himself told his disciples, that the laborer deserves to be paid for his work in Matthew six, uh, or excuse me, Mark chapter six. And so, when you're seeing that Paul made some demands, he's telling them that we could have done things beyond what we have asked of the church in ways that would have benefited us personally. But if you look at my life, I, I, I'm not benefiting from you guys financially, selfishly. I'm giving of my life. There are things I could have told you to get you to do certain things, but I didn't because it would have been wrong. And, and, and if I may, guys, as I'm closing out this podcast and as we're looking at 
how we seek the approval of others in our lives and for what reasons, right? What are those reasons? People out there, and if you are one of these people where you're looking back in your life and you're like, man, I, I did, I will admit, and I'm getting help maybe, or maybe you're, you haven't and I pray that you do, but you look back and you're like, I've made demands of people. I've, I've, all I care about is people doing things that I tell them to do. And when you don't get your way, you insult them, you ridicule them, you put them down, you yell at them, you manipulate them, you're a deceiver. And if you especially are a person who's in a position of spiritual authority and that's how you treat people, you need to, one, repent, and secondly, you need to get out of the ministry because that is not the way to treat God's people as a minister of the gospel in a position of authority. And so if you guys are under a person who is constantly seeking the approval of the culture, seeking the approval of others, and it's causing them to compromise, not just in their theology, but of course that will directly affect their conduct, the way that they not only treat others, but how they go about doing ministry, then you need to leave. You need to leave that person. You need to leave that church. You need to get out under their authority because that is not a shepherd that you should be under. When people seek the approval of man rather than the approval of God, they will go to great lengths, my friends, to to continually make sure that that approval from that person continues to quote-unquote feed their drive. It's like that obsession in a relationship. And so you get so jealous and possessive over this, this person that you can't see yourself without them. And you control their every move. And you're always monitoring them. And that's what happens, you guys, when people are seeking the approval of others. They will become whatever that group of people want them to be. Whatever is acceptable to them, they want to do it. So they themselves can be accepted. And we're seeing that take place. We're seeing that take place more and more in the church. And like Paul, you got to get to a point where you got to say, I am not here to seek the approval of man. I'm here seeking God's approval. And when you know that what you're doing in life is honorable to the Lord, that's what matters the most. And so I pray you guys, whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever form of ministry that God has called you to, make sure that you're not seeking the approval of man. That's a waste. That's a wasted life but rather that you're seeking God's approval. And if you have experienced the backlash of other people who've attacked you, who are name calling you, take comfort that if you did nothing wrong and you did what God called you to do, but people are attacking you for whatever reason, they may not like you or it's spiritual warfare, find comfort in knowing as Paul did that God is calling you to live the life that you're living. And if you're living that life, God, God is pleased of it. And it doesn't matter whether or not people accept that or not. It matters what God thinks of you. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. And so even though 
It's difficult, my friends. Be reminded of what I said in the opening of this podcast. When Warren Wiersbe said, those times when you feel like quitting can be times of great opportunity. So think of the opportunities that you can have as you suffer for Christ. Because Warren Wiersbe said this, for God uses your troubles to help you grow. And I pray that is true for you. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends.